Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Never, ever, ever a shortage of drama in the sports world as we welcome yet uh, in again another week uh, of the show. I'm Larry Smith. He's Brad Sturdy. He is Mike Kegley. And uh, we are happy to have you here along for the ride. Next couple of hours, we have so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to really have a hear from Tony Altimore. If you were, if, if you listen to the show quite a bit, uh, he's a strategy consultant that we went to in terms of the whole topsy-turvy world of the Pac-12, now the Pac-10, maybe soon to become the Pac-6. I mean, who knows? Um, those conversations ongoing, and we're going to get his thoughts with some things that happened this week and uh, ask him to give us uh, some perspective on that. Um, lots on the way, but we start with the big blockbuster of the week. And while we deal primarily in the college ranks, we got to step out because most of these guys were in college at one point, I guess. Um, the world of golf, really, um, you talk about turning the, its tee on its ear, uh, on its side, and uh, <laughs> just hitting a ball for many think out of bounds, uh, except for Jack Nicholas. <laughs> PGA Tour has been battling live golf, backed by the Saudi Arabian government, right? Uh, for the past couple of years, we've seen some of the biggest names in the PGA Tour take massive, massive deals, um, eight-figure, nine-figure deals to go play for live golf. And it's been this constant um, battle in terms of stealing talent. And if you go to live golf, you can't play in our majors and all this. Well, all of a sudden, earlier this week, the PGA Tour announces a merger of the two. Um and this has really shocked the sports world in a number of ways. And guys, let's get into it right away here. Your thoughts on the new world of golf as we know it. So it, here's the deal. The first thing is it, for the game of golf, this is fantastic in the sense that you're going to see the best players now back playing against each other on the right best events. And it's going to have like almost like a we can set up almost like a tiered system, much like every other sport that exists in the world. But the hypocrisy of the PGA Tour to consistently rip Live Golf for taking money from these people. I mean, the Phil Mickelson comments, I mean, being, you know, you know, working with these Saudi people and all these things. You can't say all this stuff and then go join them. Yeah. But I guess in our world today, money trumps all. And in this case, the Saudis have this $600 billion fund and they can invest it. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Like where guys end up, how guys go through this, what happens to those contracts that they had, that they were guaranteed money. Are those contracts still valid? Do they still translate? And so these guys are guaranteed X number of dollars. What happens to the guys who chose to stay loyal to the PGA tour, not go take the money. What, what happens to them? This is wild. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, one almost wonders you could see the PGA golfers, you know, are basically um they're contractors. They're not they're not employees. You know, if they really wanted to, Tiger could probably, you know, get a bunch of guys and start his own tour full of those folks if if they're mad, if they were upset enough. Mike, aren't they do they're doing that a little bit, right, in the off season? Aren't yeah. they doing like the stadium tour where Woods, McElroy, these guys are going in playing like virtual, like simulated golf on these here and these uh, traveling around and it's going to be televised stuff. So they're kind of setting their, 
they could have the tiger could have his own tour. They could call it the tiger tour well, and it would probably trump everything else. Yes. And, and I will tell you, uh, you know, the speculation is the big thing. And, and, you know, I've heard several people say that the PGA coffers were a little bit thin coming out of the pandemic and then running into the live lawsuit and the legal ramifications of that and comp- trying to compete against those dollars really put them in a position where they were kind of afraid to be in a drawn out court battle. Who knows what's going on? But certainly when you look at hypocrisy, you know, and this is this has got to be really, really high on the list and maybe even is the image that you'll see in the dictionary. Well, and I think I love what Scott Van Pelt of ESPN tweeted out when this happened. He said exactly what Brad just said. Okay, so for the past, you know, 18, 24 months, you've been saying to people, no, don't take these eight, nine figure deals for the loyalty of the PGA Tour. And you're trying to go right back and do the exact same thing you just said don't do and then he quotes uh the uh out of the immortal words of that uh that fictional drug kingpin nino brown uh <laughs> always business b nothing personal <laughs> so here's but here's my it's question for, I, it's true i mean it, it, it's true you're, you're exactly right here's what i want to ask you guys What's the effect on sports overall? Because we already saw globally the feedback and the pushback when they had the, the World Cup, right? When FIFA got into bed with them for the World Cup, right? And there's a lot of, they, they survived that. Now you have one of the oldest traditional um, you know, sports iconic leagues in the PGA Tour jumping in. The door is open now. What's, this isn't just them buying a team. This is by them buying a league. This is like them saying, by the way, we're now buying Major League Baseball. And all of you yeah, play and, and you know, it's moving. It's moving that direction. Let's be honest. There's, there's always more money out there. And if they can grab more money, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we look at the NBA. They won't say anything bad about China because they get so much money from China. I mean, there's like a... You know, this is what this is the wave of the future. So this shouldn't be like I guess this shouldn't be shocking to us because this is what we're at. It all comes. Where can we manipulate, get enough money from and and make it so we make more money? You know, it's it's Gordon Gecko. I'm going to quote Gordon Gecko. Greed is good. Right. Well, and and you look at it and there's just the the when I think it'll really hit Americans because because golf doesn't have enough fans to support two leagues. We just found that out. But what happens if, you know, Jerry Jones decides he wants to sell the Cowboys and the Saudis come in and instead of offering 10 or 12 billion, they offer him 50, you know? And, and so then what happens when the Dallas Cowboys are owned by the Saudis or a Chinese company comes in and, you know, wants to buy the New York Yankees or, or something like that. You know, the Chicago Bulls, you know, the, the Reinsdorf family decides to sell to, you know, the highest bidder, regardless if it's a Russian oligarch. Um, I think we're going to see something like that in the near future. And we'll just see how, how badly these owners want money. And I've, I've not yet seen them ever say no. <laughs> Never turned out. No, they're going to actually, the Saudis are going to buy Houston and they're going to change back the name back to the Oilers, the Saudi <laughs> Houston Oilers. And, and we'll, we'll hear that Houston Oilers song every week. Exactly. It's just um, Saudi Oilers. I love what ESPN, they, they compared this to Nick Saban taking the Auburn job. 
It kind of is. I mean, that's that's true. It's like it's the Cardinals the, and Cubs merging. It's the Yankees yeah. and Red Sox. Yeah, no, 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 no. This was this was Hulk Hogan joining the NWO. We've there already seen go. this before. There you it's go. Happened. Uh, but I'm going to go with what Cody says. Um, you know, if, if Tiger and Rory decide to get together and do their own league, that would be interesting because that's enough power globally to, to make something happen. Well, the commissioner, yeah. the commissioner doesn't have a, a players union. It's just a bunch of, of contractors and yeah. they could very easily say, Hey, you know, you cut a deal. We don't like it, but bye. And there's, and, and the, and the PGA is, doesn't really have any assets other than that big headquarters down in Frisco, Texas. Are, yeah. are you guys shocked? Were you guys shocked that they made this agreement and like the players found out on Twitter? That's I mean, yeah. to me. That's, I mean, I'm not, I guess I shouldn't be shocked, but my shocked isn't the right word. I'm like, it's really a bad look for the players to find out on Twitter and not know ahead of time. These are like the elite player. I get it. If you're number one fifty on the tour and you're just playing occasionally, but, you know, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy didn't know. Yeah, none of these guys knew. Yeah, Greg Norman. Yeah, he didn't know. Greg Norman, who's the CEO yeah. of Live, didn't go. Yeah. So this doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense the way it came down. I guess. I mean, you would think you'd want to have their input because the PGA Tour is supposed to be a players led tour. It's supposed to be a players led tour, and and it, clearly it was not in this case. Players led by the nose. Exactly. Well, but you know, but we we to, to me, what it says is that you knew if you let it leak, it would never happen. We saw this exactly. before when the Atlanta Braves announced when it leaked three hours before the announcement, they had already signed to build a new stadium in suburban Atlanta. I was down there at the time; none of us knew. The Atlanta beat writers didn't know it was completely secret. Uh, nobody knew, even elected officials who had to sign off on it. They didn't know. And that's um, how this was. I'm thinking that these these month months of negotiation were probably two or three people, and once they had to expand the people who knew about it because you have to get the details down, I think that's when they decided we better announce this because once we bring a few people in, it's going to leak, and so they got ahead of it. And the fact that Greg Norman, Tiger Woods, you know, uh, these type of people weren't in the know is just mind-boggling. I envision like, um, you know, when uh, the, was it Cleveland where they left in the middle of the night with, uh, you know, the, I was the, the Colts. That's right. The Colts. That's right. The Colts. Yeah. The Colts. They left in the middle of yeah. the night. Yeah. <laughs> They're gone. I'm out. <laughs> and I, just, I envision to live or PGA tour guys. Right, let's get our stuff and get out of here. Uh, <laughs> you're at 10 o'clock tonight. Don't tell me, don't tell me what you're doing. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. We're going to talk more about this a little later on this hour. Coming up, we'll talk with uh, Tony Altimore. Um, again, coming up here about the um, uh, college uh, football and the big news this week that may shape the way you watch the game here in the next half decade. That's coming up next. Hey, Greg, what happened to the Live logo? <laughs> When life isn't easy, you need healthcare that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care. 
Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Don't go anywhere. Do you really understand what Alina basketball and Coach Underwood gained this spring? We'll break it down for you. Plus, small looms big again. Another Alina All-American. And some ex-Alina could become true legends. All just minutes away here on the Sports Spectacular. Powered by IlliniGuys.com. Welcome back here to the show as we've been talking, uh, as you guys know, for the past several weeks and months, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, the issue of uh, alignment and, and expansion and TV money, et cetera, among the college of sports. Uh, you know, back in April, we had Tony Altimore, who was a, a strategy consultant and who really, if you follow him on Twitter, does a great job of really getting into uh, the nitty gritty of some of the stuff. With all things happening, we said, hey, let's get Tony back on the show. And he was gracious enough to come back on. Good Tony, to be back. Welcome back. Yeah. Hey, let's get started with, um, boy, so much to get to. Let's start with uh, the big thing earlier this week in terms of um, uh, a grant of rights. Well, let me, let me just start here. You've said all along, you don't think any other teams in the Pac-12 are leaving. And you say the events of this week stand by that. Let's start there. They do. So first of all, by the way, when I say so, when I say that I'm sort of combining uh, what the analysis would say, like what's the logical strategy if we look at, you know, what what makes sense for the schools from a higher ed standpoint and then combining that with the combination of media reporting and what I hear directly from contacts at schools. Now, I don't play the little like sources game like, oh, my regent is better than your equipment (laughs) manager. Uh, you know, so I, I don't play that those games. But as far as uh, I have been told by people since last summer that in, in the initial wake of USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten, the, everyone in the Pac-12 looked at every option, then came to the conclusion, particularly when the Big Ten said, no, we're not taking any of you, that the Pac-12 was going to stay together. That has continued to be reiterated. It was reiterated about it two hours before we were recording this by Arizona president, Dr. Bobby Robbins uh, at a, they're having a huge sports summit uh, right now today at Arizona State or the University of Arizona's Washington DC campus. And, you know, again, reiterated that the 10 members of the PAC 12 are very, very unified uh, in, in their alignment with each other. Now, do you guys know about the AAU thing that happened this last week? Yes. Yeah, we do, but our audience may not, if you want to share that. So the American, uh, the Association of American Universities, the AAU, the super, super elite gathering of research institutions of which every Big Ten member except Nebraska is a member, and Nebraska used to be a member, uh, Arizona State was invited to join. And we, we may never know what kind of wacky backroom deals led to Arizona State, Miami, and Notre Dame being invited to join above Virginia Tech. Uh, North Carolina State, Florida State, and a few others who really thought that they were going to get in. So again, we're not, we're, I mean, these are all amazing world-class institutions, but some questions have been raised. 
and Arizona State. And the funny thing, too, is that Arizona had previously been a little bit mouthy about, even though we knew they were not going to go anywhere and we'd been told they weren't going to go anywhere, they were a little bit mouthy about, like, oh, we have to see. We'll, have to see. well about a week before the ASU announcement, Arizona fell into line. And Arizona, all of a sudden, started. Uh, Dave Hickey, their athletic director, started going on multiple podcasts and saying, you know, we are united behind the Pac-12. We expect the deal will be fine for us. Of course, you know, if the world falls apart, you know, if there's a nuclear scenario, whatever. But Arizona very much fell in line. And with that, it was sort of, again, you know, again, reiterated that, that the conference would stay together. We were today, uh, and it. I sort of had been told this beforehand um, by a number of people, but we also, we got clear reporting today from Sports Illustrated, from uh, John Canzano, from The Athletic, that the Pac-12 schools, or the, the Pac-10 schools, have agreed agreed to their grant of rights agreement, that they are absolutely staying together. We are expecting that they will, immediately after they sign their media deal, add San Diego State and SMU, probably. And with that agreement are a couple of very interesting things. The first one is they're going to go to an unequal revenue share agreement, much like the ACC. That's groundbreaking. But here's the thing is it's actually what the conference used to do for most of its history. I don't know if you guys know this, but when the Pac-12 was founded, Pac-12 was founded in 1959. And then later added back its sort of enemies that they thought they had been mooching from uh, under a whole new agreement of unequal revenue share that benefited the schools that played on TV more often, how they structured it. And when Larry Scott came in with the Pac-12 network and Bill Moose, whose name is not well remembered in Pac-12 country, uh, just broke the whole place because they threw that out to the wind. In 2010, USC made more from the conference than Alabama did. Mm. Today, USC was making is making like a third of what Alabama or something what, what Alabama is. So it just absolutely screwed the place up to go to the equal revenue sharing. So the Pac-12 is supposedly, according to reports today, going back to an unequal model. Now they will split the media again, according to reports, they'll split the media money equally but then have an uneven merit, and we're calling it merit-based, but uh, you know, win-based uh, allocation of the college football playoff money, which is going to get big really quick. That's wild. Because we, you know, we've talked about this before, about one of the issues with maybe like the Big Ten or SEC adding some schools is they don't want to share the money, right? So they don't, is, that, is that something that down the pike could come for the Big Ten or SEC where they bring in partial membership or you know half money well, or whatever it might be well here's a bigger question is quite honestly uh and due respect to our wonderful friends from indiana and rutgers and minnesota and everything like that but how much longer is it going to be before michigan or ohio state realize hey <laughs> all of everyone's money is because and usc and ucla all of everyone else's money is because of us we would like a bit if they can all have a bigger piece of their money, we would like a bigger piece of our money. And how long before the Big Ten at some point starts to have its own merit-based arrangement that says, you know what, if if you make college football playoff, you get an extra, pick a number, 30 million, 40 million, whatever, 
And those of you going three and six in conference do not. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, and now the Big Ten, the Big Ten and the SEC have always been much better about equality. Uh, whereas the Pac-12 was always about um, USC and the Nine Dwarfs. Yeah, so they're they're a little bit like the old Southwest Conference with Texas being first amongst equals yeah. out there. Well, um, and they had they had although they had a little different relationship because you had the four California schools in Washington. Everyone else sort of just you know shut up and knew their place. And but like Berkeley being Imperial Berkeley even though they weren't good at football was sort of like able to be powerful and like, and, you know, and tell USC and UCLA to shut up when they needed to. Well, one of the interesting things that I not, I don't know if this, there's any fact to this, but it seems like when you're, when reading the stories, it seems like the big 10 has shifted its gaze eastward to see what's going to happen with the ACC. Is there a chance that, that they could just load from the ACC and not go after any Pac-12 schools and essentially leave USC and UCLA out on the left coast kind of all by themselves, which early on, I guess a lot of people assumed, you know, they would, they would have other targets out there. So it's a good question. Um, and it's one that's up to TV numbers. So, you know, the, 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 the question that sort of always gets asked is, is when people think about realignment for the Big Ten, is you, you have a couple of questions. The first one is, is really like, is this a school that is qualified as an institution? And, and second, and there, and there are a bunch that are like, right. Cause there are great schools. The big 10 is full of great schools. There is no more big 10 like school that I can think of in this country than the university of Washington. But then the second question is, uh, you know, do we want them strategically? And the third question is, will the TV people pay for it? We have been told, and I, I'm not in those rooms, so I, I can only just sort of repeat what we've been told, uh, but we've been told that the TV people have said none of the Pac-12 schools meet the, the TV valuation number that we need before Indiana and Minnesota and Rutgers start to have to chip in their own money. Um, now, the catch is that the Notre Dame, I'm told the line item pro rata for Notre Dame that is in the Big Ten's media contract is so large that it will absolutely cover Notre Dame and somebody else, whoever that would be. Because wow. hmm. it's a very, very big number and everyone will make more money. Now the catch to that, so the question would be, you know, would, would, they, take, would they take somebody else or would Indiana Rutgers be like, you know, we'd really like all that money. We, we don't know. But the, the, the other issue is looking eastward. Uh, that's an area that the, the Big Ten doesn't really have a presence in, is in the southeast. That's a huge TV area market. You know, people talk a lot about, oh, the recruiting. You know, I guess that's sort of a thing. It's more of like an ancillary benefit, right? It's like, you know, it's like the mashed potatoes, but really this is all about the steak. Um, like, oh, great, there's mashed potatoes, but we're, you're ordering the steak. <laughs> so... As far as that goes, there are great schools that are very, very Big Ten-like. And now the big, big barrier has been the question of AAU because the, 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 everyone said that, okay, well, the schools that we love are Notre Dame, who's not AAU, but sort of always had a little asterisk, like we'll be fine with them anyway. And then people said the Big Ten would love a Florida school. Well, the University of Florida is not leaving the SEC, so it's Florida State or Miami, neither of which are AAU. 
Your other options are the AAU schools of Virginia or North Carolina. Amazing, amazing universities. Very Big Ten-like. Also, absolutely nobody watches their football games. <laughs> no, I mean, abysmal, abysmal football ratings. And I, and I have friends from both, and I like actually sort of like cheer for both. I've been to state and taught at both of their campuses. So I love the Hoos. I love Carolina, but just people don't watch their football games. Their valuation cannot be that big. Um, but then we had the bombshell, which was all of a sudden <laughs> Miami and Notre Dame were added to the AAU. And, and it just, it, 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 again, worthy, worthy institutions, but it made me really think, okay, the big 10. And, and when we say, the Big Ten would probably add Miami, probably not immediately, you know, maybe soon, maybe not, but it certainly clears the way. I mean, it might be 15 years. It might be five years. It might be tomorrow morning. We never know. But I don't, I don't know that they have a way out of the ACC, but certainly that opened the path. And, and the other thing, and I don't know, I, this really hasn't been talked about with, with all the AAU thing, you kind of had a very interesting uh, alignment with this AAU board that had two University of California members, the chairman of the Big Ten, USC as the chairman of the AAU, and then two ACC members. So six out of 10 were, you know, the, you know, the sort of the, the alliance schools, which is a really good allocation of leadership if you want to add in Arizona State, Notre Dame, and Miami. How long before maybe this question comes up? Um, or, or is the money and the new money in the Big Ten and the SEC is going to be so big that is it going to be so big that it's okay? Yeah, We don't know. Because I, I feel like the Big Ten has always been like that. Does it, does it matter that, you know, with Nebraska no longer being a, an AAU? school how does that i mean it's just kind of weird they're kind of a they aren't and i'll be honest with you from a geographic from a cultural everything they're not real they're more of a fit still with the big 12 than they are with the big 10 but obviously they're not going to the big 12 i mean i mean we just had it usc and ucla so i, I feel yeah. like we passed that point fair i guess that we throw that no, out and kidding. rutgers is there rutgers is kidding. there too so rutgers yeah, is there too there you go but, uh, by but the way, you know what I mean? Like, what does that, does that have any impact not being a member anymore? Um, so, so Nebraska left the AAU with drama and Michigan was involved. And I don't know the extent of all that drama, but Michigan was sort of, I mean, the, the Michigan president was the, ran the AAU. So I, again, I don't know all the drama that exactly went into that, but if the big 10 had wanted to save Nebraska, they really could have. I mean the the Big Ten and the Pac Ten and the and the ACC have such a have so many people that they could have stopped that from happening and they didn't. So I don't I don't know that drama, but I will say one thing about Nebraska: they they are a state flagship school, and there is a and as you guys know from Illinois, there is a role that the state flagship school plays in the heart and culture and business and politics and everything of a state. And so the thing about you know we again with the SEC. You know, some of those schools, they're not AAU, but but they are all, almost all of them are state flagship schools. And, and there is such an academic importance of that that I think it's kind of okay. I think, do you think Nebraska and Michigan are still fighting over Gerald Ford? Is that, is that what Who it is? Even, that's a really good question. <laughs> 
I, I mean, heard mo- Juwan. And, you know, and you know what's funny is most people listening to this have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think Juwan Howard slapped somebody from Nebraska. And- <laughs> Man, that could be it. Wisconsin. Yeah, well, that, that's the one we heard about. This well, yeah, the there one. may have been more. There may oh, have been the more. cameras aren't on. Who knows? <laughs> right, right. Uh, man, such good stuff. Tony, we unfortunately leave it there, but um, we really appreciate your insights on this. Um, so much perspective and it really gives us a lot to think about. Um, and you know, we'll be talking to you again soon because anytime this is not going away. <laughs> well, well, ho- I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll soon have a Pac-12 media deal and that'll let everybody lock things in and move forward for sure. At least for the time being. Exactly. Yeah. For the yeah. time being. But, I, it's, but you could guarantee it's going to come up again. Tony Altimore, uh, strategy consultant. Uh, always good to talk to my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Fight on. Thanks, All right. Tony. Appreciate it. Uh, good to have Tony's thoughts. Quick break here and much more to come after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. This is David Williams, a leading receiver from the University of Illinois, here on Illini Guy on Sports Spectacular. Go Illini. Mike, you've got that Houston Oilers song in my head now. Houston Oilers. Houston <laughs> Oilers. Go ahead, Houston Mike. Oilers number one. One, one. Goodness. Killing me. Killing me. Ten years old watching uh <laughs> Dan Pas- Dante <laughs> Pastorini. Dickenberg is in the Astrodome with the that's right. Watching Earl Campbell. Just pummeled defenders. That's right. I loved watching Earl Campbell run. Was he great? That, that he hit on fantastic. Isaiah Robertson. He was. Uh, he he was hurt awesome. guys, man. He uh, hurt guys. Sports spectacular. We continue here. Larry, Mike, and Brad. By the way, if you want to reach out to us, info i n f o at lattieguys.com. Guys, let's talk a little lattie basketball. Um, boy, some fans stole some raw feelings. It's almost like with this recruiting stuff, Brad. When it happens, doesn't go your way. It's some people like they're spurned by a lover. I mean, it's that you never knew. I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange phenomenon. Such anger. And I think it's because also we're like nameless, it's nameless, faceless people. So it's easy to be angry. Yeah. Nobody can. And, and you're just like, and, and the craziest part about it isn't necessarily, I guess, when you miss a guy, it's not the way to behave when you miss a guy. But the worst part is then if you get another guy that they don't really like, it's like, it's nuts. Cause they go, they don't like him now because he wasn't the guy they wanted. So it becomes, I feel like we're watching, they think we're watching the bachelor and we're, and some the wrong person got the rose. Oh, they should have picked somebody else. And so it's, it's almost like that. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I, I'm getting too old because basically I don't fall in love with a player until I know they get them. I may like the idea of a, you know, player a or player B, but until they actually get the commitment and the guy shows up on campus, um, I'm, I'm content to wait to see what the staff is going to do. I'm not saying that any staff is perfect, but I do tend to think that most staff, they, they kind of know basketball or football, and they probably okay it. You if, know, I, if I got mad every time Jennifer Aniston told me no, I would be in trouble. <laughs> I'd be yeah. angry all the time, you know, so it's just yeah. part of life. Yeah, and and your wife would definitely be angry if she said yes. No, she probably wouldn't. Let's yeah, you're right. You're right. She'd, she'd probably be, like. She'd be like, "Yeah, go over. I get half, baby." Like like that old commercial. Instead of Calgon, take me away. It's Jennifer Aniston. Take him away. Exactly. Exactly. I don't blame her. I'm down. Poor Jennifer. All she's doing is doing some stuff in Hollywood. Has no idea she's part of our show. She has no idea. No idea at all. How did I get with that guy? 
<laughs> that's, that's right. Jennifer, you're on Brad's laminated list. <laughs> Great. Now so, she's immigrating to another country. Illini basketball. <laughs> what, 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 Larry? What was the question again? Um, what happened? Okay. So, uh, so, Brad, here's the thing is that so the roster for the moment is set, but we, we know um, just because you know, we, we are on IlliniGuys.com all the time, we hear all the message board chatter. We uh, see all the stuff you put out there that there may still be some other uh, movements here before uh, classes begin in August. Yeah, no question. I, I think that I don't think they're done. I think they're going to um, maybe uh, there's going to be another piece added. Um, I don't know if they're going to get to two pieces um, or because it, here's the thing, even though, you know, someone may have committed or someone may be say they're coming to Illinois, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to make it to Illinois um, for a variety of reasons, whether it's, you know, it just didn't work out. They, they found it something else or whether they you know, it could be academics, could, lots of op- different things that could affect this. And so I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Illinois add another piece uh, before the uh, end of the summer, make them a little bit better. Um, you know, there a lot of people are disappointed in, in, in what they've, um, you know, that they didn't get, you know, this guy or that guy. But, you know, this is a very talented team uh, up and down the roster, a lot of depth. And for the most part, I like the fact that, that you know, by June 10th-ish, most of the players will be in Champaign and they get the full off season to work. You know, Tim Anderson is obviously huge in player development. They'll get that whole summer. And, you know, if you see some improvements in players, this team has a lot of talent and they could get, you know, better just on the current personnel improving their game. They also get 10 practices prior to, I think it is, before they go to Spain, August 4th through the 14th. That's so, in addition to the summer workouts. Right? Yes, in addition yeah. to their summer workouts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So a little bit extra. That's good. They get that every so often. This is a good year for that to happen with so many new faces. Yeah. Brad put up something on IlliniGuys.com that was really interesting. And, and get this. This is where it's so nice to have a guy who's been tied to this program, following it for the past 20 years, because he gives you stuff like this. This summer and this spring, if you will, summer's not here yet, in the past two months, Illinois has added a former all-ACC performer, a former all-Missouri Valley performer, a top 50 uh, high school prep player coming in from Baltimore, and a top 100 guard from Indiana who was top 50 before he was injured. I mean, you've got some nice pieces, plus you return two guys who are in the NBA draft, may have been drafted second round, want to increase their um, their draft status, some other nice pieces here. It's not like the cupboard's bare. This, this isn't 2016. So, no, no question. This is a team that this is still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to uh, take a quick time out here. Coming up, we've got uh, some other former Illini in the news. Uh, the College Football Hall of Fame ballot is out and some names you'll recognize. And yet another honor for Mike Small, the amazing golf coach. We think the best in the nation. And guess what? There's some other folks who uh, would agree he's in that category as well. Even though they're not going to say it just yet, they may be saying it very soon. Lots to come here at the Illini Sports on the way. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. We've been covering Illini women's teams, yes, even before Shauna Green got to town. Yeah, thank you. And you guys have been awesome. You know, uh, just the, the support from you guys and, and for our program, 
uh, we're very, very appreciative and, and very grateful. So thank you. That's right. Coach Shauna Green, what a first year she's had. And uh, we'll talk with the Dahlia McKenzie coming up in the second hour of the Sports Spectacular. Uh, really proud of uh, what she's done, that staff, that entire program. And Coach, we appreciate uh, those kind words uh, as well, uh, talking uh, in a presser there at the end of the season. Uh, hey, we want to shout out uh, to our friend Brian Barnhart and his lovely wife, Leanne. Uh, they were in a car wreck uh, last year in the western part of the state, coming back from Iowa and um, head on with a deer is what the story they put on Facebook. So guys just want to say again, just, uh, you know, certainly wish Brian and Leanne a speedy recovery. They're okay. They're at home recovering. Everybody's okay. Uh, but we're thankful that uh, that they're they're home and listening to the show. Yeah, that's that's the scary thing. Barnhart's a great, uh, great guy. You know, obviously does a fantastic uh, job calling the Illini games, but he's just a great human being too. And that just shows you shouldn't go to Iowa. Ever. Yeah, that's that's probably the big advice. And of course, thank goodness that uh, they were wearing their seatbelts and obviously airbags deployed. So um, I've known Leanne since high school, and obviously Brian has been a part of. Illinois lore for 20 years now. So uh, a speedy recovery out to them. Yeah. Great to uh, call them both personal friends. Uh, as you mentioned, Leanne also uh, big help to us last year. A lot of guys, as we had uh, some different events there around opening weekend last year, appreciate her friendship, her support, Brian's uh, support as well and friendship as they both uh, support the Illini guys. And uh, again, we wish them uh, the very best uh, Illini nation. We send our prayers and love out to you guys. Um, you know, let's get into some other stories. Uh, lots going on on campus, uh, considering it's it's June. First off, College Football Hall of Fame ballot coming out. Two huge names. I'm almost surprised these guys haven't come up already, um, but happy to getting some recognition. Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy both on the ballot to go into the College Football Hall of Fame. What fa- Not only were these guys good NFL players, but in college, oh. they were just uh, amazing. Like, I mean, that defense... They had no offense at times, but that defense was insane with Rice and Hardy. Um, you almost couldn't block Simeon Rice off the edge. Kevin Hardy could do anything at linebacker. Just phenomenal athletes, great football players. I mean that you know you, that 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 linebacking crew, as they called it, with Rice and Hardy and Holasek and Howard, they're not bad. That wasn't a bad group. <laughs> yeah, it it is amazing that they're not uh, in the Hall of Fame already, although. There's a lot of college football programs in a hundred years to try to catch up on, but boy, it'd be great if they uh, got the recognition that they really deserve having such stellar careers. And then they're one of the rare folks who then followed it up with good pro careers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Good names on that list too, by the way, as you go through and uh, Michael Vick is on there and um, uh, leads the way and also some others too. So um, Larry Fitzgerald, I think the great pit receiver. Um, you know, longtime Arizona Cardinal, uh, one of the greats, all-time greats in the NFL as well. So, uh, but these guys are very deserving, and we'll uh, keep tracking that uh, for you as well. Again, uh, Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy on the uh, list for the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, by, by the way, the Hall of Fame in downtown Atlanta. If you ever go down there for you know, a football game there at the Dome or basketball game at State Farm Center, uh, it's definitely worth your time to spend some time in there. Very, very well done, uh, the way they do things in there. Uh, let's get to golf. Uh, a couple of uh, of Illini stars uh, playing for the Arnold Palmer Cup. This is the collegiate version of the Ryder Cup, if you will. Uh, Crystal Wang and uh, and Tommy Cole, the, uh, the fifth-year senior for the men's team, both uh, competing uh, this weekend. Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, those guys, I think that Crystal Wang is probably the craziest because she came out. I, I didn't. I don't know that she was as hyped 
on the women's side as the men are. Obviously, they hadn't won a Big Ten title, didn't have the name. But her play, um, first of all, at that, down at Augusta and then throughout this year was just fantastic. Really excited to see what she does in kind of in the, in the competition format. Yeah, and, and it's great to for recruiting purposes to see this. Uh, you know, the Mike Small somehow, you know, you don't he doesn't have to worry about things breaking the right way. But it'd be nice to see the women's golf program get a couple of uh, breaks here and there and maybe start to do that same type of machine uh, getting built that we see on the men's side. Yeah, no question. And Wang, I really think it it seems like, Brian, I know you've talked about this before, that 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 win she got down at Augusta in uh, in that tournament back, I think it was in early April, was it seemed like that really catapulted her to this national uh, standing. I mean, she finished off her career um, the first Illini Big Ten champion in program history since 1993, uh, Big Ten Player of the Year honors. Of course, she led Illinois do the the program, their first ever Big Ten championship. Uh, she's a first-team All-American. I mean, she's in the mix for National Player of the Year. Um, I mean, it's just it's amazing um, the season she's had. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it, and I, I think, yeah, it's, I think that comp, sometimes you're playing and you, you're good and you finally it clicks. And now that confidence, and she is rolling. I mean, she's confident. I mean, she yeah. feels like she has a chance to win every time she goes out, and that's when you take that next step and go to that next level. Isn't it funny how they, the talent's there, and I'm sure the coaching staff knew the ca- talent was there, but sometimes the player has to figure out that it's there. And then once they do, you know, you unlock the key, you know, to a, a new tomorrow, and and I'll tell you, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see where she can take it from here with that newfound confidence. And, and um, you know, she really accomplished a lot as well. There, there really is. You talk about all these sports that we talk about on this show. There is not a huge difference between, like, one player and the next player. I mean, they could be good athletes. I mean, so much of it is ethic, work ethic, and and the mental side of it. I mean – and the mental side may be the most important part. I mean, you know, you got to have that mental side. When you have a confidence, you can be good. Suddenly, you're good. And 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 I, when it comes to sports, I mean, I really think that there is there are tons of great athletes, tons of people who are good at, you know, whatever it is. In this case, hitting a golf ball. But now you got to do that next step. Uh, and she did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, already, she's ranked 67th in the world amateur rankings, and she's the first Illini women's player to take part in the Arnold Palmer Cup. Uh, on the other side, uh, Tommy Call is the seventh different Illini to take part in this event. Uh, you know, of course, uh, his classmate, Adrian DeMonte Chasler, here from him in just a moment. Uh, he competed for Team International, the uh, Belgian native, in 2021 and, and 2022. And so the All-American now from Morton, Illinois, what a career he has had. Uh, his final uh, event as an amateur before he then joins the program, pro ranks uh, later on this summer. Uh, speaking of, um, of this team, there's another All-American Three All-Americans now on this Illini men's team, uh, DeMonte Chassert, uh, Cull, and now Jackson Buchanan. Remember that he had the, the top five finish um, for the NCAA individual championship out in Arizona last week. The top 15 automatically get honorable mention All-American status. So the sophomore now from Dakula, Georgia, Jackson Buchanan, becomes the third All-American on this amazing um, Illini men's golf team this season. He had a great year. He finished so strong, and even in the match play, you know, he had the he. Although he, you know, the he had the hole out there on the on seventeen to give them hope. And I mean, he was he was had a great run in the NCAA tournament. 
Um, and it really bodes well for him being that number one guy next year. Now he has the experience. He can step up because obviously they lose a lot. And, and, you know, but you have a guy like that who's not a real mention All-American. You could turn him. And, and you have Mike Small. So you feel like you're okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and he he kind of was in a situation where he excelled the most in the most difficult situations, which we all can think of athletes out there who were great, you know, if they had the lead. But if they had to come from behind or, you know, it got tough, maybe we're a little bit challenged. And I, I thought that was excellent, the the mental uh, awareness and toughness that he displayed, you know, out on the golf course. Yeah, he was already unanimous all-Big Ten first-team pick um, before the got to the NCAA tournament. That's the kind of season he had. And you're right, he finishes one shot off the pace, one shot away from being NCAA champion um, as a sophomore. So, Brad, to your point, yeah, he's that guy that can then step up. Uh, played at all 13 events for the Illini, by the way, ranked third on the team uh, in terms of scoring. So, Jackson Buchanan, what a bright future. Um, like you said, you expect him to be the, the leader of this team next year with the two fifth-year seniors uh, moving on. Speaking of Mike Small, I heard his name called out, and he heard his name called out for the 12th time, 12, as the Midwest Regional uh, Coach of the Year. Um I think another one or two wins, they'll just rename the trophy after him, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Mike Small trophy to Mike Small. So, <laughs> Again. Yeah, he's uh, fantastic. Yeah, there's not much you can really say that, that he hasn't accomplished. And, and you know, he's, he's now in that one rare air, you know, where basically he's got one more thing to do. And, um, uh, you know, at some point he'll get that elusive national title and, and, you know, who knows if he breaks down the door there, maybe that that leads to a couple more. But what a spectacular job year in and year out he does. It's just incredible. 23 years as the head of the program that he once played for uh, the Danville native, uh, the team uh, closing out with the number one rating in the final golf stat rankings. Uh, 12th Midwest region coach of the year, already a record 13 Big Ten Coach of the Year awards. He got that a few weeks ago. He's still a finalist for the National Coach of the Year. Uh, it's just incredible. And by the way, still very solid with the with the Irons himself. At the end of the month, he'll be playing in the U.S. Senior Open, which he qualified for back in between the Big Ten Championship and then going off to Michigan for the NCAA Regional Tournament. So, um, I mean, <laughs> what can't the guy do, right? Mike Small is just incredible. Hopefully you get a chance to talk to him again before he does head off and uh, play on his own. Uh, we do want to, we mentioned before, uh, Adrian DeMont, Dave Chassert, and what he has done, fifth-year uh, senior, his career at Illinois now was done three times the last three years in a row, named the Big Ten Player of the Year, and he will lead the program as one of the all-time greats. Um, he talked with with uh, our Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com uh, after his uh, his round um, in Arizona. Let's listen to a bit of that. We'll talk about it on the other side. It's so fresh but have you wrapped your head around the idea that this is it for you and in, in orange and blue uh yeah it, it's hard to think about it you know i've had a, a heck of a five years here with sami and, and all those guys um you know, we, we did our best we, we all care very much that's what we're, we're, we're all set right now but we have no regrets and that's what matters at the end of the day um you know getting to the final eight you know leading the individual like getting the team standings for two days like you did um you know being being in the final eight for twice in your career do, do you feel like you move the program forward just like you know some other guys before you you know tomas and you yeah. know some other guys did 
I think that's just what we do, you know, that's what coach preaches, just playing hard and if everyone plays the right way and care enough, I mean, that that's why he, coach has been to 70 match play. I mean, it just showed, it just a little, like it's disappointing that we didn't get to the final match and didn't get a get a trophy this year because it's something that they've never done. But I mean, it's always sad when it gets done a little earlier than expected. What was the approach today, just specifically? I know that it's a different animal than, than metal play, and um, this course just is, is an animal when it comes to match play and mm -hmm. what it can provide. Just what was your thoughts I mean, on, on, on how to approach today? Just, uh, I mean, I knew I was going to play more aggressive of the tee, hit a lot of drivers. Uh, I mean, I hit the ball pretty well. Uh, it wasn't, I guess I kind of had a bad stretch from hole 12 to 15, but kind of bounced back at the end and went three up. But I uh, just be more aggressive. I mean, it's match play, anything can happen on the hole. I mean, we saw it with Jackson on eight, just falling out from the bunker. And that was pretty crazy, just be able to go to nine. Uh, I mean, the other guy, Luke, didn't really give anything away, but it's just, you know, match play, it's all about, you know, mindset, short game, and just fighting hard. The dumb question is to lose two matches, one up. I mean, does that just kind of show how razor thin, you know, the difference is between, you know, the number one team and maybe even like the number. 15, 20 team in the country at this point? Yeah, I mean, just match by anyone can beat anyone on a given day. Uh, I mean, it's sad that uh, we lost two match one down. Um, but I mean, even Pearson, he, he, he played solid today. He's just the guy he played against played better. Uh, I mean, that happens sometimes. But I think, yeah, all of us uh, did our best and it just didn't go away this time. What's your summer look like now on the Corn Ferry Tour and other things? Do, do, you, do you have it planned out? Uh, I mean, I haven't really think about it yet. I just, you know, wanted to stay in the present. But I think my, my first tournament is June 8th. Okay. Yep. Obviously, uh, you know, what a you – know, he's just a great representative of the program. Obviously a great golfer. I think he's going to have some success on the uh, on the tour. You know, he's got an automatic um, – he'll start on the Corn Ferry, and he's got a chance to play his way onto the, the PGA. But I, I really think – he's just a great representative of the program, and, and you can just see that's one of the guys. I mean, Mike Small's a class act, and it's not surprising that his players are uh, uh, follow his lead. Yeah, and, of course, the other thing is is sometimes – it's how you respond to things not working the way you wanted them to go. And, you know, guys like this who compete at this level, you know, they, they want to, to come back and, and accomplish things. And I think, you know, some of these, these moments will fuel him as he gets into his professional career and help motivate him on those days, maybe when, when he doesn't think he's going to work as hard, you know? Yeah, Adrian Devontae Chasters, what a great uh, career he has had. And certainly we salute him and the rest of this Illini team. Uh, they come up short, NCAA quarterfinals. They do make match play. But again, um, what a force we reckon with. And um, even though they've got a lot of uh, you know pieces to replace next year, uh, you've got to look at this team and consider that this is, again, your favorite once again to go out and win a ninth consecutive Big Ten championship. Won't be easy. Um, but Mike Small finds a way to get his guys ready. Uh, it seems time in, time out. Stay with us. You're listening to the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Hour number two is here. Larry Smith, Mike Cagley, Brad Sturdy. Glad you're here with us as well as we, uh, you know, next week we get closer to, it's Father's Day next week. We probably should maybe bring the kids on or something. Um, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Uh, all right, let's talk some stadiums here. It is, uh, unbelievable the, the building going on in the nfl um i think we're going to end the decade here with like 
everyone having new stadiums. Uh, Chicago made the big splash, right? They spent hundreds of millions of dollars to build the former, to buy the former Arlington uh, racetrack out in suburban Arlington Heights right there, right? Going to build this brand new, you know, everything's a billion dollar now, you know, palatial stadium like we see in L.A., and now recently uh, we're hearing the snag. There's a tax issue that may put uh, a kink in the whole deal and they may head west to another suburb. Um, is this really happening or is this just a little gamesmanship? Uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I, I think it's gamesmanship. I think everybody's got their wants to get a piece of the pie at the end of the day. And I, I think this is the kind of thing that happens. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's wild that uh that chicago is like the what the third largest market third largest city the bears are one of the most you know popular teams in the in the country and yet and they haven't won enough and they're trying to do these things that you would think that this would be something where everyone would be on board to try and make a pro uh, a just make it make something really good and um it just doesn't seem like they are so we'll see yeah, it's real. It is hard to tell if if they're trying to, you know, pull in uh, Naperville or or you know, you name it, um, as a, you know, somebody to to basically get the the tax rates lowered, you know, in Arlington Heights. Um, and who knows? Maybe they'll end up back down in Decatur. <laughs> they'll end up seeing if the Bears can go back to the future and 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 be a, go back to where they were the Staleys all those years ago. A lot of farmland. They're going to build a massive palatial uh, place out in Mount Zion, Illinois. There you go. So that's what they're headed for. Uh, meanwhile, in Jacksonville, uh, some problems there. Um, but it's a it. They're going to build it again. They're going to basically, like they did when they did the rebuild to get the Jaguars back in the '90s. They're kind of going to do the same thing here. Basically, gut the entire place. The question is if they they can do it on a four year plan. And that way they can still play in the stadium or a two-year plan, which means they totally gut everything. They've got to go play somewhere else. One option is playing at the 11,000-seat AAA baseball stadium there. I mean, it's another option. or They're on the Jacksonville University campus. But um, another, boy, it's just going to be gorgeous to see um, what that place could be. Yeah, it's, it's just, man, it's uh, fantastic, right? Fantastic stuff. I mean, I want these elite great places to go watch a game because it becomes an experience. Yeah. Like it's more than just a game, you know, watching the game. Well, we had on uh, big sports radio with Tony Altimore, you know, on the show talking about not having bathrooms at university of Idaho. Right. So, right. so, yeah. uh, so when we talk about that, uh, we want to have bathrooms and we want to go shopping too, while we're going. So I want these massive stadiums that are state of the art and why not, if we're going to spend a billion dollars, let's make it great. Yeah, I, I, there's a part of me that says if you're going to spend 1.3 to 1.4 billion to update, is there any shot at just building a new one for roughly the same amount? Because <laughs> I've seen enough of these refurb places that you're, you know, you're you're just like, well, that that would have been nice, but we couldn't quite do everything we wanted. And once you once you say we've spent 1.4 billion and we couldn't quite do everything we wanted. Those two things shouldn't be in the same sentence. We had to leave a couple things out. To yes. Keep yeah. Like, like bathrooms, 5 billion. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Bathroom, anybody named Brad it's out there. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, the broken ground in Buffalo guys, 1.5 billion. I mean that, you know, that, you know, Rich Stadium, wherever it's called now was, you know, has been there forever since the AFL days. So you talk about needing a new stadium. They're going to get one. 
you know, the Mafia. The Mafia definitely needs a new stadium, right? I mean, we got to have that. Got to have a new stadium for the Mafia and watch Josh Allen. I mean, you know, he he he's uh, one of the biggest names in pro football. Let's get him a new stadium too. Everybody gets a new stadium, Mike. It's yeah. just billions. And the Saudis can now buy all the stadiums. They got $600 billion in that investment fund. All they need is a billion. They can have 30 new stadiums. Piece of cake. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I do think that that's one of the most loyal fan groups in the NFL, which is full of them. Um, but the if there's ever a group of fans who probably deserve a new stadium, I would say it's it's the Bill fans. So uh, hopefully it'll be something that'll live up to their expectations. And certainly um, watching games in the frozen north is a unique event. Anybody who's been up in Lambeau Field knows just how dang cold it can get. And I know... I appreciated the fact that the Vikings had the Metrodome versus sitting in uh, uh, in, in Met Stadium freezing. So, I I kind of like the outdoor experience. Nothing like having your nose drip and the snot freeze uh, <laughs> as it falls out. Nothing. Yeah, I I got I got to be honest with you. Um, when I was younger, the romance of the frozen tundra and listening to John Madden talk about how cold it was was great. And then I, as I got older and I went to a couple of those games, I became much more of a fan of being at home and watching them on TV. Yeah, the Bills, I mean, the Bills need a new stadium, right? I mean, they, they need one. Um, Josh Allen, they have one of the best players in the league, big, most visible, biggest names. I mean, the Bills Mafia, the Mafia need their new stadium, um, you know, to, to be state-of-the-art. Let's go billions of dollars and and spend it on there you know maybe maybe we get some saudi investment nothing better wrong with that they could buy all what if they bought all 30 stadiums that would be cool don't give them any ideas oh don't but but the bottom line is is that bills group is a loyal group of fans if there's any group that deserves a new stadium maybe with seat warmers um it's it's the the bill fans so I, i i gotta be honest with you i'm happy to see them getting those seats um, when I was a young younger man, I went to a frozen game up in uh, watching the Packers, and it was horrific. And when I was younger, watching games, you know, that got a little cold at U of I, I didn't mind it. But um, as I get older, I really enjoy the sensation of watching a cold game in my living room. On the you don't want to be on the frozen tundra of Lambeau nope. Field. Nope. John no, but- Madden, John Madden, God bless him. He can have that cold weather. I will watch it in the warmth and be able to get my drinks and go to the restroom without Mike, a line. There's nothing better than when you have snot running out of your nose and it freezes before it falls out. That is the best thing. <laughs> But Brad you know, lives a simple life. Yeah, John Madden also <laughs> didn't have, uh, you know, digital surround sound and a 4K TV that's uh, 80 inches on his wall. It's true. Um, that's true. Yeah, no, I, I coach when I coach high school softball. I, I doesn't matter. Like we'll play in. We've played in snow, right? It's been like you know we had wind chills of 17. I wear shorts every game. Doesn't matter. It's <laughs> crazy. By the way, I want one correction though. Uh, I said that the Bills goes back to the AFL days. Actually, since 1973, they've been there. It is the fourth oldest stadium in the NFL. But think about it. Uh, Chicago, Buffalo, Jacksonville, um, Tennessee, uh, all among the, the the teams that are building right now. You know, I mean, and now Buffalo joins them, right? I mean, Green Bay is never going to build. New Orleans ain't going anywhere. But you know, Atlanta's got a new one. Minnesota, New York, L.A. Um, I think 
Phoenix still considered new, I guess. Um, you know, yeah. the Niners have a new one. I mean, it's yeah, it's crazy uh, with all this. Hey, and the guy who started all this big build um, in Dallas, Mike's favorite guy, Jerry Jones. And how about that? That the wealthiest franchise anywhere, and according to one one recent study. Yeah, they're 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 valuable. There's no question. The the Cowboys are valuable. Um, it's they they should win more with that value. <laughs> best <laughs> financial best financial owner in football. One of the worst owners at winning titles when a man named Jimmy Johnson is not connected to him. <laughs> that is true. And yeah. yeah, I don't I don't I don't have anything because now I'm starting to get angry. <laughs> you know, but the, the bottom line breath, is Mike. take a deep breath yeah, in through your nose, out through your mouth. The bottom line is, you know, he wants to win. He just doesn't. Uh, he's not able to say that he doesn't know how to win. When are we getting a new stadium? When's our new studio coming in? I mean, we we got one. We're, we're in the we're in the state of the art. Right. Yeah, now. That was that was three years ago when it was state oh, of the art. Yeah, now true. it's now it's down. We got to well, get something better. We need man. a bigger fridge. I'll tell you that much. There you maybe, go. Maybe the Saudis can help us too. That's true. Speaking of uh, Cowboys, though, here are the numbers, the real numbers. Forbes saying that they're the most profitable sports team after making 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 one point two billion in three years. Only team to make over a billion in a three year period, and that was the Cowboys. So. Wow. Yeah, average on the field, but listen at the bank, they are money, baby. Gosh, that's more they than I money. make. That's more and than I make too. It is more than you make. And to, yeah, to quote, again, to quote Nito Brown, always business be. What would money. happen? What would happen if they actually went to a Super Bowl? How much money could they right. make? Yeah, but they made almost double what the Patriots made. Wow. Yeah, because they have a lot of rings. Yeah. Why have billions when you can have millions? Exactly. <laughs> That's right. All right. Stay with us. More to come after this. <laughs> well, you hear the whistle there in the distance and the, the wind blowing must mean that guess who? It's Kedrick Prince. Last on one hand. Ked's recruiting run up. It's coming in to uh, give us the very latest goods. Kedrick Prince, director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. And uh, sit yourself down, partner, with you Sarsaparilla. Uh, hey, uh, we talked last hour with Sturdy about, you know, possible some other still some possible changes to come for this Illini basketball roster. Uh, what hears you these days on that? Well, I don't know exactly what Brad was sharing, but, you know, we kind of talked to the same people. Our circle is small. And um, I just think I would be very surprised if there was not another addition or two to the roster. There's so many things that's going on with college athletics anymore. I mean, with the portal, uh, with the academics part of it and other people, once they get on campus, deciding to do other things. And, you know, one of the worst kept secrets in the world is a guard um, from Kentucky that Illinois is probably, I know they at least tried talking to him and, and along with um, Michigan and some other schools. Whether he's going to come or not, I don't know. I know a lot of people talk about the numbers not adding up, but, you know, all those guys, they have bachelor's degrees. I'm sure they can, you know, they know two plus two is four. So they'll figure it out. There's something that they have in the works. So, but I would, the roster itself, if they can land another outstanding, you know, score, regardless of what position the, the player may be, would be tremendous because the depth on this roster is dangerously scary. It's really, really scary to me what they can do with this roster. If you add another guy, 
or a piece that can put up 18, 19 points a game with somebody like Terrence Shannon. You know, Dane Danger's guy, people don't talk about. He put up 10 and 6 last year. Maybe he's up to 14 and 8 this year. So it's a dangerous roster. Yeah, I, I agree, Ked. I think it's going to be interesting because you got a lot of versatility. You got you could go big. Um, you can go with a bunch of – you can have – if you need a stop at the end of a game, you can have one group that's in the game with a ton of length and athleticism and defensive prowess. You, you need a bucket, you can go to a team that – you know, a bunch of guys who can score and make shots. And So I think this is a team that's got some, uh, it's got some potential. It'll be interesting to see how they put them all together because them playing together is going to be very important for this group. And, of course, talking basketball teams with success, Shauna Green – you know, coming off a fantastic first year, Ted, there are some names that they are offering and and gals that they're talking to that are, um, boy, they're really highly ranked, and that's not something that Illini women's basketball fans are used to. I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, it's really surprising and it's nice to see that Illinois, I mean, I don't know the last time I couldn't tell you the women's program that they've been in on so many high-profile athletes that they're in the top 60. And it's easy to say that, hey, they're going to go after some kids. But these kids, the kids that they're interested in, that they have a legitimate shot at landing. Um, one is the guard, uh, A.J. Guyton's daughter, Aaliyah Guyton. Um, she's mm-hmm. a 2024 girl. Um, and she is, I mean, out of all the kids that I'm going to mention here, she's ranked 60th in the country out of the 2024 class. And they've been in on her for a while. And there's another guard. Her name is Shay Iowoi. She's a five six point guard from from Arizona. She's ranked 41st in the country. But here's what's unique about her: Illinois has a commitment from a 2024 guard named Barry uh, Wallace, who's one of the top 30 players in the country. Shay and Barry Wallace are best friends, so there's a very good chance that those two they talked about coming and joining together. You know, and then from where my, I live in the Quad City area, this girl named Divine Burridge, Illinois was one of the first two or three schools to offer her. This girl was at over 15, 16 offers. Now you got UConn and Duke and North Carolina. All these schools are contacting her. Shauna is in on all these kids, and she has put herself in a great situation to land a lot of them not to, and to even get them on campus. And the last one I mentioned is uh, uh, Zakiah Johnson. It's a five-star guard. This girl is ranked third in the country, and I believe they're going to get a visit from her. When was the last time you've seen that happen in women's basketball at Illinois? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, and that just goes to show what Shauna Green did. And year, this is year – we're going into year two for Shauna Green at Illinois, and she's already done this. So, definitely, I think the sky's the limit because Josh Whitman has really you know, backed her. And, you know, the new, the new ticket program, the one-way ticketing with the club seats and things like that, I, this, is, this, chance, this ch- program has a chance to be something special because if they keep winning, the interest is going to grow. More and more people are going to go to these women's games, and then it becomes much easier to recruit for Shauna Green. And, and folks, go to findingillini.com and check out the ticket prices, what they announced this week. I mean, season tickets as low as 50 bucks. For a team that that may end the season ranked in the top 25, I mean, may reach possibly second week in NC. I mean, you may see things you have not seen out of women's basketball at Illinois in your entire lifetime, and you could do it really, I mean, for pennies on the dollar. I mean, it is, it is a, I saw those prices. I, I had to walk away and rub my eyes and clear them out and go cl- walk right, clear my head and come back. I thought for sure those prices were wrong, but it was amazing uh, what they're building there. Hey, Ken, want to get your thoughts as well on, on football. You were saying that there's a, a possible commitment on the horizon for Brett Bielema's team. 
Yeah, uh, you know, this is one of the advantages I think about being with IlliniGuys.com is that, you know, if we get a story, you know, we, you know, we kind of let our listeners, our readers, subscribers know. So uh, this weekend, I would be very, very surprised if they don't add another edition, another JUCO prospect um, out of California, a, a guy that they're, that part of that department, the wide receiver core um, and the defense, they've really, really upped their, you know, the, the depth of those positions. Illinois wasn't deep at those positions, you know, last couple of years under Brett Bielema. So this weekend, I'll be very surprised if they didn't uh, land another commitment, another Juco kid. And that's something, you know, everybody's involved in the transfer portal, you know, but um, this staff has done a good job. I think they have five or six kids from the Juco ranks, you know, back in the, you know, early 1800s when I was born, you know, junior college, it was really popular and it's kind of, you know, died, gone off now. Bielema is making it really popular to go get those kids again. What's amazing, too, is since you were born, that just the advances in safety in football. Back then, the leather helmets and guys dying during games. And that's <laughs> so, yeah, thank God for that. Thank God for Back proc- when men were men. Exactly. <laughs> Kendrick Prince, director of recruiting at lotofguys.com. We always appreciate the knowledge. Uh, take care, man. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. All right. They only had five-gallon hats back in those days. Yeah, it was only five. Well, you couldn't and afford that back then. So, you know, it was, it was a problem. So, by the way, if you see Kendrick Prince out of the game, ask him where his 10-gallon hat is. I mean, don't, right. don't be shy. He's friendly. Walk right up and just say, hey, Mr. Prince, where's your hat? He would love know, that. Sh- where, ask him where his horse is parked, too. Yeah, exactly. So, does he... Is there a special horse? There's handicap parking. Is there a horse parking next to handicap parking? I need to work on that. And is that a problem to have him stand for four hours on asphalt? Just not fair. Head or a horse? Well, <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, thanks, listeners. This is my last week, guys. It's nice knowing you. <laughs> You're going to go whisper to some moms now. Kendrick Prince, much love for our brother, Kendrick Prince. All right. Hey, she's the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie. Next, this is the Illini guys, Sports Spectacular. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally in Installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800 613 8053. 800 613 8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Welcome back here to the show, the Illini Guys, powered by IlliniGuys.com. And be sure to follow us uh, on the Twitter, Illini underscore guys, G-U-Y-S. Uh, make sure you stay in the know. We stay in the know with the women's basketball team. We have done so. We were Illini women when Illini women weren't cool. No, I'm just kidding. 
She's the Illini gal. Adaya McKenzie is joining us uh, on the break of getting back in the gym again with her teammates. Adaya, what's up? You were telling us uh, you've got the, the big team dinner coming up this weekend, right? To kind of kick off the summer or tip off the summer, I should say. Yes, yes. I'm excited. Like, everyone's going to be here, going to eat good at Coach Greenhouse. I think she has a pool now. Ah. So, so does does she cater it? Huh? Does she cater this, or does, do you actually get Coach Green's home cooking? Well, Coach Green says she don't cook. So oh, okay, okay. It gets, it gets <laughs> usually get, uh, what is it called, El Toro? Oh, El Toro, okay. Yeah. All right, that's good. That's or, good. Can't go wrong there. Or La Mixteca is another taco right. place. I'm down. But yeah, I'm down. And what time is this? So I know right. when to stop by. So uh, no. five o'clock. <laughs> this is good. This is so good. Tell, tell Coach Green to order a lot more food if Brad's going to be there. <laughs> Brad's gonna, hey, Coach Sturdy's going to be here. Oh gosh, we're going to we'll add ten more people to our list. <laughs> yeah, but so what? What have you done? You've had like a little time away. What have you been doing? Keep uh, keep yourself busy. Yeah, um, I went to Six Flags. Okay, it was fun. I felt like a little kid again, screaming on those rides. That is <laughs> fun. Good. That is good. No, yeah, my favorite ride. It was called the Titan, and it had like the longest drop I've ever ha- like had in my life. Really, I, like, my stomach drops on rides. Now, what time did you guys go there? Like all day long, because we've had our best luck showing up right at the opening and then getting to the rides we want and trying to get a couple, two, three before the lines start going where you can ride them back to back to back. Oh yeah. Well, I got there kind of like two hours after it opened and actually it was super busy when it opened. So it's kind of okay. like, and the line, the weight wasn't too bad, but there was, you know, the Superman ride where it goes just straight up and down. That line was so long. That was the first ride. I feel like that's the scariest ride, though. That is, I'm not, I'm not good at that either. I, I'm good at, I'm good at falling, just not free falling. Yeah. <laughs> and you said you went to a, a hockey game too, right? No, 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 no. I went to uh oh WNBA. That's right. WNBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you you, I mean, you're from Minnesota. Surely you've been a WNBA game before. I mean, yeah, 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 I have. Yeah, but you went down in I, Dallas. You were saying you were, we talked to you last week. You were in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas Wings. They played Minnesota Lynx, actually. Okay, which is your oh, team, yeah. sure, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I yeah. don't know. No, well, well ever, since, ever since I moved away from home, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm a Chicago Sky girl. Oh, you know? oh there you go. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> she is an Atlanta gal. Yeah, and, and their ring is fresher than the Lynx's rings. Right, so right. Fresh, fresh. So, yeah. yeah. How about the WNBA? How how does that game differ from the college game, in your opinion? Yeah, I think it differs in, in a lot of ways. One, I'll say, like, exposure. I feel like with the different conferences and stuff like that, like, they do a good job of like, getting their teams out there. And a WNBA is well known, but I just feel like there could be more done with it, just getting more exposure and more fans and stuff like that. But no, I, my plan and dream is to go to the WNBA, so it's always good to watch and stuff like that. I think it's cool to, like, watch and be, like, I guess learn from it because sometimes watching my low-key, like, WNBA players low-key don't play that much, that much defense. I'm like, oh, it's man, the, the, this, this recording could come back to haunt you. Uh-oh. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> oh, and we then, don't then, play defense when you're playing the NBA? But, yeah, I remember then, that, yeah. Adalia. 
<laughs> yeah, they'll get her in trouble. Then she'll also oh. have to learn how to pronounce it too. WNBA. <laughs> For oh, those yeah. of you who've seen Howard Stern's movie. Well, okay, they do play different. But I'm just saying, in the Dallas Wings game, it was a lot of going for a shot fakes and opening up hips. And I was thinking, I'm like, what would Coach Grease say? I'll be getting yelled at. So, <laughs> so did you yell at him from the cr- the crowd to try to help him out? <laughs> okay. I was like, stay on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> Move hey, your feet. Quit reaching. That's that's pretty much what what Brad and I had to yell all the time when we were coaching. Yeah. Because all you needed was a shot fake. I got five guys up in Woo! the air. Like that. <laughs> oh yeah but i love the wba it's so fun to watch and just how much growth they've had over the years and it's so inspiring and it's getting so much better like just the skill and the vibe and everything so yeah you know when i get there you know i have y'all front row there that's, we are that's right that's we're, we're, on. On. Yeah. We'll do. we're gonna go live from a wnba game to do the radio show we will, and Adalia, and Adalia we, you can count on that. When you are in the WNBA, we're going to come to your city and do our show from your city. Yep. Absolutely. I'm so honored. We're also going to put a microphone on Adalia McKenzie, mic'd up on the court. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I think I might wear my Illini guy shirt. That's there right. we are. There to you warm go. up, to That's warm right. up. Perfect. That's right. Exactly. And we'll be out there shouting, don't go for the fake. Don't go for the fake. (laughs) Stay on your feet. (laughs) Next thing you know, I'm flying after the shot fake. (laughs) What Coach Green say? What are you doing, Illini gal? Exactly. Coach Green will be sitting at home like this. Oh, no, with her hands over her eyes. Well, Daya, enjoy that great food on Sunday and enjoy the workouts uh, next week. You can't wait to hear about it. And uh, we'll talk with you soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all. All right, Diane McKenzie, she's the Illini gal, star guard, now a junior guard. Hey, upperclassman. She's old. She's really old. It's almost as old as as Mike. No, not really. (laughs) Not quite there. All right. Hey, stay here. Uh, We've got much more coming up. We're going to talk other stuff. That's next. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, we talked about uh, live golf, uh, PGA golf, and that, um, <laughs> some would say, unholy merger, right, uh, earlier here in the show. Uh, how about the other shocker? Just a lot of crazy headlines this week. Lionel Messi uh, heading to MLS and joining Inter Miami. Do people realize how big this is? Messi I, and MLS? I don't think people understand it. This is like, this is, this is Pele coming to the New York Cosmos. Back in the day, but yeah. bigger. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. Messi's still like the guy, I mean, one of the guys, right? I mean, yeah. this is, I mean, he's, Beckham. this is, yeah, this is the greatest soccer player perhaps in the world. And, and at least he was. And, and obviously he's still one of the best ones. And he's coming and you're going to get a chance to go watch him play. I mean, this is like a huge ticket sale thing. I can go watch Messi play. I mean, it's, it's like, the- it's insane. It's like LeBron going to go play in Greece. Yes, or, right now, or for a team in Greece this year. Probably, China's probably more likely, but yeah, yeah. it'd be yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, you have to also wonder if if he is closer to the height of his skills than Pele or Beckham was. Does he have a chance of dominating this league? And then then you've really got like a TV draw, not just an older player playing, but but you know, out there and elevating above the rest of the league. I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see what he can do. 
Well, and just what it means. I mean, look, you know, these teams already draw pretty well. It's not the MLS that it was 20 years ago. I mean, these teams, you know, I mean, most of them draw well and they've got great followings. And then you bring a guy like that in. I mean, he is going to be must see at every city he visits this season, wherever he goes, they're going to pack the place. Like you said, you get a lot of TV games. Um, great for MLS was again, other than PGA and live. This is the other thing that I didn't think I would see other headline. I didn't think I would see this week. You know, um, Larry, Larry, one thing about that is the other thing about the MLS, this is going to bring eyeballs from across the world too, right. to the MLS, which is something they probably didn't have. Cause so many people watch, you know, because of Ted Lasso, I think they watched the, all that, you know, I mean, it did, I mean, it did open some doors to European soccer and things like that. And we, we brought that into the United States. Well, the MLS hasn't really expanded. Well, you bring in a guy like Messi, now it expands globally. It isn't just national. Yeah, that's a huge thing. And that's what, exactly what they need. And you got to give Beckham credit as running that team for reaching out and using some of his, uh, you know, his credit, street cred to, to get a guy like Messi signed. Yeah, I just think it's exciting for MLS and for the city of Miami as well. Meanwhile, city of Las Vegas, um, boy, one way or the other, they're going to get a third pro team, but it's just not making it easy. Uh, and the poor Oakland A's, it just seems like they're the they're the franchise that just nothing ever works well for them. So the A's, the big splash, they're going to move to Vegas. They bought some land. They're going to build a $1.5 billion stadium, state-of-the-art, only 30,000 seats, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now maybe not. So this week uh, on Monday, the Nevada legislature adjourned for a four-month four session without a vote on the proposed deal to help fund uh, this potential new stadium. And so once again, it appears the A's uh, already right now the worst team in Major League Baseball with the lowest attendance. And now the the bright future they have, they got to wait to see if that's going to come to reality anytime soon. Yeah, they're the all seven of their fans are really upset and they were really disappointed. So the guys who were sitting heard, out there, I heard one left. So they're down to yeah, six. Yeah. That, it was like the, do you remember the beginning of major leagues, major yeah. league, the movie, and they're all, yeah. so there's like a few people. Woo. Woo. Yeah. yeah and and are, this guy sucks. They're you know, arguing, so. they're arguing over the, cause they got, they got it wrong. They got the chant wrong. They're arguing. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. This is yeah, the A's yeah. right now. Yeah. And they want to, they want to move them. So all they need to do is go get, Serrano and uh, Ricky Vaughn and, and these guys and Willie Mays Hayes, and they can make a comeback too, and they won't have to move. Jake Taylor. Well, yeah. You can sum up the A's in, in, in one sentence that I'm reading out of this article. The A's lost their 50th game of the season Monday at 12 and 50. They are the first team to lose 50 of their first 62 games since the 1932 Red Sox. Oh, shit. At that point, I don't know that, you know, World War II wasn't even happened, you know, hadn't even happened yet. And as you look at it, it, you know, the next sentence should be, and they can't get funding for a stadium. So it is the A's being the Oakland A's. It really is. And then to add, to rub salt into that wound, um, they're saying that as of right now, the Nevada speaker said that they will not call a special session in to advance the stadium bill. So this just hangs for right now. It's again, the A's, like you said, being the A's, it is, uh, it's unfortunate. It really is. Another unfortunate uh, occurrence uh, this week was Jacob deGrom, you know, was once uh, the two-time young award winner. Um, he's already had Tommy John surgery early in his career. And he was first drafted by the Mets back in 2010, only six starts this year after signing that massive contract with the Texas Rangers but he's been shut down and facing Tommy John surgery again. 
Um, boy, he's just had so many injury problems recently. And, and now here's another one for uh, who was at one time one of the top right-handers in the game. Yeah, DeGrom, is, it's one of those things where he's never going to have the longevity and the, the career numbers. But at his peak, he may have been one of the five best pitchers in the history of the game for that at that peak level. I don't know that anybody's – there aren't many who've been at that level. Yeah, and, and it's been just a, a couple of really snake bit, you know, franchises that had contracts with pitcher when you had Strasburg's contract in there. I mean, it, it's a it's a tough road to hoe when you have guaranteed uh, contracts and then, you know, guys through no fault of their own get injured. And now all of a sudden you're finding out why it's nice to be the New York Yankees with an infinite amount of money so you can just go get another guy but that just doesn't work for all the other teams in the league. Yeah. Tough for DeGrom. Um, at first he was put on the 60 day injured list for that uh, inflammation in his right elbow. And then about a day later uh, they made the call and, you know, you know, I know it's easy for us to talk, look at the numbers and, and the massive contract, you know, five years and, you know, a nine figure deal is what he signed again as one of the top pitchers, but to see his emotions and when he talked to reporters after this, it, it, it makes you realize that it's, yeah, the numbers are there, and yeah, he's incredibly rich, and he's for gener- generational wealth, right? But it's still a game, and it's still emotions, and these guys are still human. Yeah, regardless of money, he still wants to pitch. He still wants this is what he wants to do. This is his passion. This is what he loves, and he and he doesn't get to do that. And you know, obviously, it's a lot better than with the fact that he gets to, you know, he still has a lot of money and he can live comfortably. But you know, you're missing out on your dream still. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating. I mean, David Lee Roth once said, money can't buy you happiness, but you can buy a boat and float up next to it. But the bottom line is, is you know, when, when they have the, the abilities that these gentlemen, you know, have, and then you're robbed of the, you know, the, the chance to use it, um, it's got to be really hard. You got to think that, I mean, you got to probably think some counseling has to be done to help out. And people forget that if you love something, it doesn't, the, the dollars are nice, you know, safety net, but it's it's not about the money. It's about doing what you love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, by the way, DeGrom's numbers this year, in case you think maybe he was struggling, um, only six starts because of injuries, 2-0, and an ERA of 2.67, 45 strikeouts against only four walks. That's good, That's I think. Just- that's just sick. That is sick. And, uh, well, look, we wish him speedy recovery, get it back out there. Um, you know, he's good for baseball, baseball, good for him. And, um, we certainly were big fans of his work when he's out there. And so get healthy soon. We've got uh, much more coming up here. Um, you know what it is? Uh, well, we're going to still, still to come here on the show. Uh, there's a movie out that Mike and Brad are anxious to talk about that is still on the way. Keep it here. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. 
Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. We promised it earlier, and now we deliver. Um, you know, the, the gentleman here who delivered the commentary on this show, uh, Mr. Sturdy and Mr. Kegley, uh, not just sports guys. Uh, they are Renaissance men. Um, they can sing. They can dance. They can choreograph. And, uh, boy, they can detail a car. And they also go out and they can uh, review movies like there's no tomorrow. And gentlemen, <laughs> I understand there's a big movie that you guys saw this week that I did not. So, Mike, let's start with you. Your thoughts on Spider-Man? Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I I oh. would I would argue this is the second of uh, a three movie series of animated Spider-Man, and it goes and talks about uh, Miles Morales, who is uh, a younger version of a, a Spider-Man, kind of following in Peter Parker's footsteps, and it really gets the multiverse clicking. I think you're really seeing. Um, a, a lot of a, a lot of the multiverse things coming through, um, and and it's a it's definitely gets you to see a variety of different universes and the spider people in those universes, and then the story is pushed around. Um, you know what Miles Morales is dealing with in his life. I thought it was a very, I don't want to spoil things, but I thought it was a very interesting movie. And I thought um, it was the only negative I would say is it it ran for two hours, 20 minutes. They probably could have cut out 15 or 20 minutes of it, but I I had a great time, Brad. How did, what did you think on it? Yeah. So I, I thought it was a good, good show. Obviously it's not as good as the first one because the first one I thought was fantastic. So I, I don't know. And the first one ended that's the only, I'm going to give one spoiler, the cliffhanger. I sat there for two hours and 20 minutes, and then it was like, there's no cliff. There's a cliffhanger. There's nothing. We don't have any kind of closure here. So that was my only uh, Yeah, I, but, I'll be honest with you. I was like, man, they how are they going to figure this out? They got to wrap this, this up in about the next quick. 10 minutes, and there's the credits. And like, I, that's the second time that I've been caught like that because I try not to watch anything about a movie, yeah. So I don't get it ruined for me. And between Fast X and this one, I had no idea that I was going into a um, Lord of the Rings situation. Yeah, and it was good, but I will say it was good. It really had the characters' arcs are really good. The character storylines are very good. I, I really enjoyed that part of it. The one thing, um, you know, and I thought it was humor. It's humorous. All these shows are they're funny seeing the other Spider-Mans, the people who are like uh, day-to-day lives and things like that. It was really cool. Um, and I really I really enjoyed it um, in, from that regard. I just wish, you know, we could have had a little bit of closure. Um, I went to see it with my daughter and, and she, of course, she thought it was great because she really loved the first one too. And so she's ready for the third one. But now I've got to be in the Spider-Verse for another year as I wait for the next one. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. One thing I did like is how they used uh, Spider-Man 2099, which was kind of a, a universe that Marvel tried to start up that just never got any traction. Um, but the the bad guy, Miguel O'Hara, or O'Hara, um, was, was, I thought he was a very interesting character. And the artwork that they used for him was reminiscent of one of my famous, or one of my favorite comic book artists, uh, John Romita Jr. And I thought the 
the look that that they gave that character was really cool. And I thought they also, um, you know, you go the whole movie and you're kind of like, who the heck's the bad guy here? And I thought that was kind of fun where you didn't have the obvious, you know, Thanos at the start that everybody was going to be going up against. And I found that to be kind of entertaining as well. Yeah, I liked it too. The other thing I'd say, Mike, is you kind of look at the bad guy. One of the bad guys wasn't that bad either. You know what I mean? Like, right, I mean, exactly. one of the guys is, it was the, the, uh, this is very Thanos like when you look at this, when you think it, the object isn't necessarily the, the big, when you, because they're trying to, the bad guy's trying to look at the big picture to a certain extent instead of looking at individual, you know, and if this happens, then so be it and so forth. And, and but, and he's, you know, they're living in their own worlds um, there. So, yeah, I think that was very intriguing. I try not to give away too much of the movie, but yeah, you, you kind of get this. It's kind of wild uh, that it was, uh, it's kind of wild the way it plays through that and how, how you learn, you know, who's good, bad and, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, excellent movie. Uh, I would definitely, you know, give that review that, that for, you know, you can take kids to it. Um, didn't think there was anything that was bad. And, and the, mm-hmm. the, the theater we went to were, there was a ton of kids. They seemed to really have a, uh, a great time and they were engaged the whole movie. So we didn't have kids like spoiling it either because so, they were actually watching the movie. So here's, here's my funny story about the movie. So you talk about kids being there. So I walk into the movie and there's, there's people sitting in our seats. And of course, this is the one where you buy your reserved seats, right? And so there's people sitting in the seats and I go, um, he goes, well, I'm in the right seat. I'm in, you know, C11 and 12. And he shows me his phone. He was one day earlier. So he missed his, he actually was supposed to be there the night before. <laughs> Wrong day. Yeah. He went, so they get up like, and they're laying back in their recliners. They get up and they spill their popcorn everywhere. I mean, it was just a mess. It was these, this couple on a date and it was like, Man, I bet that's her last date. <laughs> yeah, and Brad caused it. You know, and, and one I get blamed for everything. One one final thing for those who like Rick and Morty, um, their their writing and their multiverse that they have on that show has kind of got into Marvel and it's permeated throughout entertainment. So if you don't like a Morty uh, a, a multiverse, blame that on Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Now blame it on Brad. You 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 missed the and message. Brad just too. Try to just do it. <laughs> just blame for me. So I, I take. I got broad shoulders, baby. That's right. Well, coming out, the retired star athlete who uh, may be making a run for Congress. And uh, when asking your sports idol for a picture turns into marriage. That's next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. 
You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. NBA Finals continuing, guys. And, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic, I mean, what more can you say? That game he had the other night was just outstanding. Yet another triple-double. He's just fantastic. I mean, he just does everything. And and he's still in the prime of his career, and he has many years left. And he's a guy who's not going to, like, lose athleticism and slow down because he's already slow. So he doesn't have a <laughs> doesn't have to worry about that. But he, what do you have, 32, 21, and 10, first guy in history to do that. And then his teammate, Jamal Murray, throws up a triple-double, 34, 10, and 10. So that's not bad. That's not bad from those two guys, but Joker is so much fun to watch. He just dissects the other team. And, and of course, the knock is, you know, well, you got a big guy. You can't defend on the other end, pick and roll in today's basketball because, you know, they'll do this and that. Seems to be doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tell you, the, the uh, never had two players from the same team had a 30-point triple doubles in the same game until that game. And obviously, the never done in the regular season playoffs and certainly not in the finals. question I have for you, Brad, is I go back and I think about when you look at Jokic with his size and the weight that he carries around, I'm not sure anybody outside of Shaq could cause him many problems because, you know, the, the centers of the past aren't heavy enough to post him up. And, and yeah. you know, it, it, it's he's kind of a new world order yeah he really is i i think that you know you, you mentioned Shaq. the only other guy i could see like matching up with him just because of his crazy athleticism and strength would be like a a wilt chamberlain type you know what i mean like i mean yep. those guys are just and when we talk about wilt and Shaq, we are talking about freaks of nature right yes. you know what i mean yeah. so um you know maybe like an akeem would give him problems with his quickness i don't know but i mean this guy is just good he's just really good i mean how many guys win back-to-back mvps and now they're on the, you know, on the precipice of winning a, a, an NBA title. And he's just, he's just fantastic. He didn't win the MVP year, this year because, well, we gave it to him two years in a row. We can't yeah. get somebody else yeah. now, you know? So yeah, he's just, he's dominant. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Fun to watch. Great player. And, uh, and a fun series too. Like we've said before, only the third time in the last 25 years, we've got a final without LeBron Curry. Kobe or Duncan. Uh, another legend back in the news, uh, Steve Harvey, the longtime Dodger first baseman. Uh, in his 70s, I don't know why he'd want to do this. His hair still hasn't moved since the 70s. Um, but he now is reportedly considering a run for U.S. Senate. That's wild. I mean, you know, I guess these guys must get bored in their in their, in their free time. Eh, I'm a little bored. I think I'll run for Senate. Of course, then they look at the people who are in politics. They go from like being semi-rich to really rich. After they get in the, in the, into the, into the government, I, I'm sure that's just coincidence that it always happens, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty good. I, I will say, my Steve Garvey, I go back to him. I remember that Dodgers team in '77 when they had four guys hit 30 home runs with, was it Reggie Smith and Ron Say, yeah. Dusty Baker and Steve Garvey? I think all hit 30 plus homers. That's right. Yeah. And and he's 74, so I personally am looking for another 80 year old in Washington. We Yay. need more of those. Well, we need more of those for sure. He's young. <laughs> that is true. He's young. Yeah. We compare him to the other people in there. He's like, you know, you got yeah, Chuck exactly. Grassley and Nancy Pelosi and Joe yeah. Biden and, you know, formerly Donald Trump. They're old. Yeah, he's like young whippersnapper. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, hey, college football, uh, get this in very quickly. Uh, the SEC making some 
uh, some noise that they're actually going to increase the fines and add security measures to try to stop fans from storming onto the field or the court. Now those fines can go up to $500,000 for repeat offenders. It's a lot of coin. Yeah, it's just, here's the thing. Just, the fans want to storm the court. Just make it work so they can storm the court. There are methods they can do. There are things they can do. Delay the court storming a little bit. You know, let the kids get off. Let them storm this and storm here, whatever. Don't let them get over by the bench, whatever. There's a million things they can do to make this work. And then you throw in football. Get them off the field when they storm. Let them storm at the other end. It's easy to do this. One of the things about college sports is this. It has to be fun. It's fun, right? I mean, this is fun. Pulling the upset. You know, this is part of it. And, and they just, it's like, don't become the NFL where it's a no fun league back in the day. Remember, they used to have the no fun league, didn't let people celebrate. And guess what? Now they let people celebrate. It's okay. Everything well, and, okay. and the other thing is, is what, what are you going to do? You know, if you've got 15,000 people who want to storm a court or a football field, we keep putting our first responder and police in these impossible situations. Like, hey, you seven guys stop them. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I mean, what do you want? Do you want policemen out there in riot gear? And yeah, I mean, at yeah. some point you've just got to try to protect the players and then let the, let the people go out and, and hopefully it's a spontaneous, have some fun. It'd be like uh, taking care of the bonus army back in the day with Herbert Hoover. How'd that work out? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get this really quickly. We teased it earlier. Uh, Garbine uh, Muguruza. I, I'm not terribly familiar with her. I should know because she's a two-time Grand Slam champion, a uh, great tennis player. Uh, got engaged to a fan who asked for a selfie uh, of her in New York City, and that uh, sparked the romance, and now they're engaged. There's still hope for all of us then. <laughs> That's all you Brad, do. Brad is going to be Brad is going to be going around to Jennifer Aniston and a, <laughs> a whole boatload of Hollywood starlets asking for selfies. There you go. Can I get a I'm selfie? In, I'm in Anaheim next week, so there we go. <laughs> Little, uh, by the way, Jennifer Aniston is going to be out of the country next week. We've just got the news blast. <laughs> we got to call it there. It's uh, always been a lot of fun to talk with you guys for the past two hours. We appreciate our guests who came by. I appreciate you for stopping by as well. Be sure to see us again. Listen to us again right here. Same place, same station next week. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy this great weather. And hopefully you're not in a part of the country that uh, looks like it's uh, out of a horror film with uh, all that fog and what out the smoke from Canada. Get away from here. Get the smoke out of here. For Brad, for Mike, I'm Larry. Take care. We'll see you next time. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.